Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who thinks everyone should sleep with their socks on. Brandon Siegel, how I, you doing? I don't think that. Why would you? Why is that? Sometimes you just nice me on the intros. You give me these great intros. I want to for the, the let's let's let, let me explain something. I'm going to put the mic very close to my mouth, even though I just told you to move it further away from yours. I want everyone to understand this. If you sleep with your socks on, you are a serial killer. That is not a hot take. It's just the truth. Don't sleep with your socks on. It's that simple. Hmm. That is crazy, and no one should do it. And you know what's funny, Trevor? You say that like you don't sleep with your socks on, because you do. <laughs> I see what's happening here. This is I. I was trying to spread misinformation, right. And you're trying to do it back. No, no, but it's not misinformation. On yeah, my it part. is. No, no, no. What do you have not. a camera in my room? Watch no, it. just I know you sleep with your socks, and I, 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 I've seen it. I, I do not. <laughs> I do not do that. No one should believe him. Trevor's Trevor's a, a known liar. I think Josh does. <laughs> Josh might. He yeah. he might he might be a serial killer. I mean, who knows? We know Ben is Ben definitely sleeps with his socks on. He doesn't want those dogs out running around, so he he sleeps with his socks on. No, Ben Ben doesn't. Unfortunately, we, we have no Ben, ben O'Brien on this podcast today. He is he is away from the office, uh, which is unfortunate for some. For me, not as much. I, I feel like this is we now have the correct balance uh, on the podcast. Um, he was on the Big Brother podcast though, so if 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 you like Big Brother, go check out Five Seconds of Fame. And I, just a quick little plug for that: I've really enjoyed this season. I yeah. really have so far. Me too. Um, so if you're if you're not into Big Brother, go get into it. We do a little podcast where we recap a ton of stuff. Uh, so go check that one on out. But nevertheless, we have a sports pod today. This could be the two of us: no Benny, no Josh, no anyone else. We're gonna get right into it here, Trevor. Uh, we had some some interesting storylines come out of the NBA. Um, specifically the Daryl Morey and James Harden stuff. We had James Harden at like an Adidas camp, maybe like a week ago, roughly. Yeah, um, it was it was like earlier this week. Yeah. yeah. Um, he basically trashed Daryl Morey. The uh, the is Daryl Morey the owner or the CEO? GM, or is he both? GM. Oh, he's the GM. Well, he's the he, pre- president of basketball. Ruben's operations. the owner. Ruben, he's the owner. Michael uh, Ruben. Y- I think the Fanatics guy. I thought owns. I think that's right. Okay. I don't know. Um, so Daryl Morey's the GM, and apparently James Harden does not like James Morey. That's what I picked up from <laughs> from his his little rant. He said that he will not play for any James Morey teams moving forward. Daryl. Or Daryl Morey, excuse me. Um, so, uh, Trevor, this is such a an interesting situation. In, I asked you this question before we recorded. I'm, I'm going to say the same thing now. If Take away sports players. Can anyone in the world make fun of their their boss like that pretty much or no. their superior i guess you could say because like the gm hires them like mm. c- could this ever happen like if you just trashed your boss what do you think would happen the next day i mean i mean you yeah you can't it, like obviously not no so yeah this is it's such a unique situation i feel like the way he did it too is like I feel like it's never really been done. Like people have taken like subtle shots, like players have taken subtle shots at like ownership and stuff, and how they've like expressed uh, their 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 discomfort or anger. And usually, usually it's after they're out of that situation, right? Yeah, it, it's almost always like there's just a level of respect the players have with the with the GMs and ownership and coaches and whatever the case may be. James Harden does not care. He does not care at all. So what is your take on this situation? Yeah, so there's a few different things here because it's it's really tricky because if we look at Harden's history, right, um, 
you know, he was with obviously Daryl Morey and the Rockets in the past. They were together. Daryl Morey helped trade for him when he was with the Thunder back in, uh, I believe, 20, 2012, 2013 range. Um, and then he played with Daryl Morey for a while, and it seemed like all of the news that we had had that is that they had a really good relationship. That's part of why they, you know, came together again in Philly because Harden was in Brooklyn. He's playing with the Brooklyn Nets and, you know, he seemed to be unhappy there yet. yet another team that James Harden was unhappy playing for. And he even had an opportunity to get a, I think a $200 million contract with the Nets that he turned down at one point. Um, obviously now James Harden's, play has regressed a lot um he's no longer an mvp candidate like he was in you know 2017 18 19 range um so he he's not gonna have any chance really to get a contract like that in in anywhere the ballpark of 200 million dollars like he had an opportunity with the brooklyn nets at one point um and now we we got to a point with philly where last year he got traded to philly mid-season um, obviously, you know, Daryl Moore is trying to put together this team with multiple stars, mainly because that's always been kind of the playbook of Daryl Morey. Um, he has always, the way he's operated as a GM, a president of ba basketball operations is I'm going to try to get two to three stars and like, that's going to be enough to win. Like that's going to kind of be the playbook. That's what he did. In Houston, um, we we saw James Harden and Chris Paul had a really good chance of winning it. Um, they came very close to being the Warriors with Durant um, in that year and, and fell short, obviously. The Warriors came back and won that series. But this has kind of been the playbook. So now with the Sixers thing, they've obviously fell short of their expectation or what they wanted to do, their goals of winning the title the past two years. Um, last year in pretty disappointing fashion where they lost in the semis to the Heat. And then this year, once again, pretty disappointing after they had a three to two lead over the Celtics and the Celtics won game six and seven. Um, after James Harden did have a couple good games in that Celtics series, he had, I want to say, 45 points in a game one victory. And then 42, I want to say, in a Game 5 victory. But then he finished off Game 7 with only 9 points and was scoreless in the entire second half. So it's been up and down for James Harden's play this year. Mostly disappointing, I would say. Mostly disappointing. So now you have that aspect of just, just strictly the play that has been disappointing. But even more so than that, um, there's been stories going back to around Christmas time, back to December, where there was a rumor that he wanted to potentially go back to Houston uh, when the offseason hit. And we heard that story, and that was really strange at the time for me because I didn't quite understand it. I mean, Houston is you know, a very young team. They're one of the worst teams in the NBA. Why would James Harden want to go back to Houston when he would have no chance of winning a title there? Um, so that was the first kind of thing we heard about him wanting to leave potentially. And then I think there have been, you know, numerous stories that have come out where, you know, it's been unclear, but I think people have kind of theorized that, you know, after Harden last off season in 2022 took a little bit of a pay cut so that they, the Philadelphia 76ers could sign PJ Tucker and Daniel house. Um, I think he took, I think it was like a $14 million pay cut that he took. Um, yeah, last season. 
which kind of helped, you know, help the Sixers get get more role players to try to compete. There were people that theorized that, oh, I wonder if Harden and Daryl Morey had some sort of um, off-the-record handshake deal to where Morey was basically promising Harden, hey, if you do this, we have, you know, we're going to get a couple role players, we're going to put around this this team around you and Joel Embiid, and we're going to try to win the title this year. And then, you know, I guess you could kind of just, Im- you can intuitively think about what what comes after that like oh they win the title and then basically Maury's kind of either insinuating or maybe promised Harden hey we go we win the title and then it's all great and then we're going to give you the big contract then after we have the success so that that's something that people are thinking may have happened now if that's something that did happen that's like illegal in in terms of the end you're not allowed to do that really Daryl Maury isn't allowed to like promise Harden a future contract obviously Another minor part of this was that the NBA did do an investigation into the tampering about the whole PG Tucker Daniel House thing, and the Sixers did lose, I think, two picks because of that. Um, so now, after this disappointing season ended, the Sixers obviously did not win the championship. The Denver Nuggets won the championship, so they didn't reach their goal. They fell short in the semis. Then Harden made it pretty clear that he wanted to be traded. Um, he had to, he opted into his second year, his player option, and he basically made it clear he wanted to be traded in particular, his preferred destination was the LA Clippers. And over the last, I I think about a week, two weeks ago, the Sixers basically said after, I think, I think they were exploring trade options for Harden for at least the first couple months of summer. They made it clear in the last week or two that they were no longer exploring those trade possibilities, in my opinion, because there probably were none available that were good. That, that's just my my input is that there probably were no good trade offers that they were getting from the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, like, are we, if we're being honest, what is James Harden's value with that contract right now? I mean, that can't be like a high value asset. Like, he's getting paid so much, and uh, it's not like he's playing to the level of the money that he's getting, right? So he signed a so he had a 2-year deal for about 68.6 million I want to say. So it was his second year, which show I guess that's whatever 34 35 million whatever it is. So that's what he's on. So it's 1 year left. So as far as the money, I I don't think it's that yeah. bad. I'm about to say I um, I thought it was more than one year, and it's just one year. I thought right? it, I thought it was like I thought he had like three years, including this current season left. No, so like two years after this year, which that would have been rough. But then you can I don't know that doesn't seem that bad to me on an expiring. The, you take the, the money the hit part, that one year. The money part of it isn't that bad, but when you add in the um you know his play regressing and you add in you know his history of wanting out of situations. I think that's where the value probably decreases, which is another thing that just makes the situation so interesting because, um, like I was kind of saying, the Sixers made it clear that they were going to stop looking for trade offers. And Harden, this is, I, I don't know if that's what prompted this, right? So that's, that's the part of it that I think a lot of people are trying to figure out, right? Harden, he's at Adidas shoe camp in China, and he says that Daryl Morey is a liar and he never wants to be part of the organization. Is that prompted? So so what is Daryl Morey lying about? Is he lying about promising Harden a big contract? Is he lying about promising Harden earlier this summer that he would be traded? What Like, what is the lie, right? And we don't know the answer to that. 
but I think Harden may want may want people to think that it's because of the trade. So he's saying it very soon after they're no longer looking for a trade. So it, it's just all. I mean, it's interesting. It's a mess. Again, I would I would hate to be a Philadelphia 76ers fan to have to deal with all this mess. Um, and, and that's kind of that's kind of it ultimately. I mean, Brandon, what do you think? If you had to guess, I mean, we're just theorizing here. But what do you th- what do you think that Harden says? Like, what is Darren Murray lying about? I feel like it's not the trade. I feel like it's money based. I, I I mean, to to me, like if he's on a one year deal and he wants out so bad, I mean, just just play the year out and leave. You can go wherever you want for free, and you can like really pick your situation. Versus being traded, you can't really pick your situation. So like for me, and even I understand he's like hurt by Daryl Moore for some reason. We we obviously don't know. We're theorizing right now. Um, but I I just feel like if we're looking at the situation, um, and like obviously like I'm not in his perspective. So like not from his perspective. Like just play out your year and then you get to pick where you want to go and you have your choice. Um, so I don't know. To me, I think it's a money thing. I would imagine he was, he was, they talked about like after the season, we're going to re up your contract and do it, you know, do it correctly for you and, and get a nice deal for you. So that would be my, my perception of the situation. Yeah. I, I think I'd probably agree with that. Um, because the trade thing, if, if we're thinking strategically here and we're like, if I'm James Harden's agent and I'm thinking strategically, why would I? Why would James Harden ever in any world go publicly and say that Daryl Morey is a liar if he wants to be traded? I mean, there's no way this this has to hurt his trade value even more. It has to, because why? If you're another GM and you hear James Harden talking about Daryl Morey, the GM of the 76ers, and saying he's a liar, that's going to make you even less likely to want to trade for him, right? Yeah, yeah. I I yeah. I wouldn't want James Harden on my team. I think he's yeah. he's not that great anymore, and it seems like he's a headache uh, at the end of the day uh, in terms of a PR nightmare going on here. Um, but nevertheless, let's move on with some different NBA news. We did have the NBA schedule release, Trevor. Um, not like an enormous amount to talk about here, but I did want to know some dates that you like had circled or that, that you thought uh, were really interesting on this schedule. Yeah, so a few things that stood out to me. Um, the NBA season tips off Tuesday, October 24th. Um, we get to see a... Uh, double header that mm-hmm. night. The Lakers and the Nuggets is the first game, which will be fantastic. Can't mm-hmm. wait for that game. Um, and then the Suns and the Warriors will be uh, the second game of that one. So two great games on opening night. Um, some other really good opening week games on Friday of that same week. We get Heat Celtics, uh, Eastern Conference Finals rematch. That'll be fantastic. And then that same night. On that Friday, we get Warriors Kings, which was the the first round matchup that was probably one of my favorite series of the entire playoffs uh, this past year. Watching the Warriors and the Kings play was super fun, and um, I, I that's a game I'm looking forward to. Um, another one, I guess, just thinking about uh, obviously Wimby, we will get to see him on national television on Wednesday. Uh, October 25th against the Dallas Mavericks. So Spurs Mavericks, another one that I'm going to be, I'll, I'll definitely, if I don't watch it live, I'll definitely put on a DVR and I will watch it at some point. Uh, Christmas Day games, I can mention real quick. We have some, a pretty good slate, I would say. We got Bucks Knicks, um, just in order. Bucks Knicks, the first game. Then we got Warriors Nuggets, 
Then uh, kind of the, I guess, well, there's two main primetime games, Warriors-Nuggets on ABC, and then right after Celtics-Lakers. Um, and then the two late games, Sixers-Heat, Mavs, and Suns. So really good slate. I'm I'm very happy with it. Um, you, if You know, Christmas Day is getting hijacked this year. NBA is losing their, uh, some of their Christmas Day viewership. Why, why the NFL? That? The NFL is doing Christmas Day. The games NFL can go. I don't know. They need to. The NFL should never have games on Christmas. It's this is stupid. the first time they're doing it. What do you mean they did it last year? Oh, they did do it last year. Yeah. Oh, I think so. All right. Well, then they're not. But Christmas Day is on Monday. Like, why are the why is the NFL no? Just ha- have games on Christmas Eve. It's fine. Have, ga- have games on Sunday, Christmas Eve. You don't need to have games on Christmas. Christmas the NBA's day. Um, <laughs> But anyway, it's a really good slate. I've always said that if I was making the Christmas Day slate, I would make the primetime game a finals rematch every single year. That's just what I would want to do. Um, but nevertheless, it, it's still a really good. That slate. would be a really cool tradition. Yeah, I, that would be I, really cool. I don't see why not. Like, in we had Warriors Cavs a few years in a row where it was like that. Um, I I just that's what that's how I would want it. That to would be. be like such a neat tradition. Like as yeah. like a reward, it would be like you get to play on Christmas Day. But I don't know. Maybe I the players it, wouldn't like that. I think it should always be like that, but that's just me. That would be cool. I actually really like that yeah. idea. But all right, we'll keep it moving along here um, and go to the FIBA World uh, Cup. Trevor, we, mm-hmm. we got a basketball World Cup going on. Uh, well, not going on. It's starting soon. Uh, we've had some exhibition games. It starts, I think, on the 25th. Yeah. Am I correct? Yes, 25th. Um, and Team USA, I'd, I'd imagine, is uh, enormous favorites. Uh, right. I, I mean, I... I mean, it, it seems like that, but it, you know, it's no guarantee. Um, certainly, because it's not like this. Again, the roster seems to be getting progressively worse. Um, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully, when the Olympics come up, that there will be a better roster than this. But nevertheless, it's still you know a bunch of solid players. It's just not the best of the best. Which I think a lot of people, when they look at this, I'm sure they they're gonna be like, well, where's the stars? Where's the right. and there are some stars. It's just that. There's plenty of players that people would really like to see. And so, Summer Olympics playing. is next year, right? I I, I believe so. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the next one. Um, but yeah, so the Team USA, they're they're grouped they're in Group C with Greece, New Zealand, Jordan, and obviously Team USA. Um, so I don't. I mean, this doesn't look like a great. Re- if 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 Greece has Giannis, then that's an issue. Um, but I don't think this is like some crazy, do, do we, do, do you look up, do, is Giannis playing? I don't think he's playing. He I was don't, just in I Nashville. I don't think he's playing. He was just in Nashville for, cause he's the, he's an investor in the Nashville soccer team. Yeah. And they just, they just played in a, the league cup final. So I don't think he's playing. So team USA should probably sweep through at least that group pretty quick. I wonder, do you have any idea like who the other like really good teams? Are? I mean, I'm sure like Spain is good. They're always pretty solid. Um, France is really good. That's who the last Olympics, it was the US and France in the Olympic final. So France is, is definitely always solid. Spain's always pretty solid. Um, Canada continues to get better. Yeah, Canada's um, got some. They like actually have some decent players over there. Yeah, Canada continues to get better. Obviously, Shea Gilgis Alexander is kind of the headliner. Jamal Murray's sitting out, so that's kind of unfortunate for for Team Canada. That is they, RJ Barrett playing? Um, um, I believe so. I believe so. I was just looking at the roster. Another solid guy that's playing. Um, so it, it seems like there's more and more Canadian players like coming into the league. We we yeah. got a good a good round of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Team Canada looks really solid. They, I mean, they have Shea Gilgis Alexander, RJ Barrett. Uh, Kelly Olynyk, Dylan Brooks, Lou Dort, 
Oh, um, they're really solid. Nikhil Alexander Walker. Oh, that team's gonna do Dwight well. Dwight Powell. Yeah, so yeah. like they have a really solid team. Um, they, they that's can like way better than I thought. Yeah, they could definitely compete. Could you imagine? Um, could you imagine if they have Jamal Murray? Like they really could compete. Oh yeah. Yeah. If they had Jamal Murray, yeah, it would be. Uh, I mean, like I wouldn't project them to beat the U.S., but I feel like they'd like firmly it would be, be a, the second best team. It would be a game for sure. Yeah. 100%. So those are some of the best teams, and then France. Um, just looking at uh, Rudy Gobert, Nick Batum, um, you know Evan Fournier. So they're they're always solid. They're always in the mix. Um, but yeah, I mean, just if we if we look at the U.S.'s group, it seems like a really favorable one. Um, I, I think it's pretty easy for them. I mean, Jordan, New Zealand, and Greece, and Giannis isn't playing, so they should really have no issues there. Um, looking at some of the other, just again, best teams, best groups. We actually have a group that has France and Canada both in it, Group H. Group so it seems death. like, yeah, that's what people are kind of considering the group of death, France, Canada, Latvia, and Lebanon. Um, but it seems like France and Canada will be the teams that get out of that group. And then you have, uh, well, Spain's in a group with Brazil. Brazil's, you know, they're decent. So that's also a tough group. But yeah, I'm just interested to watch, you know, group play and see what happens. Um, but as far as like, if we're thinking about who are the biggest challengers to the U.S., I think I'd go to France, I'd go to Spain, and maybe Canada. Um, those would kind of be my top three. If we're just looking at the world rankings, um, Australia, Australia is actually pretty solid too. Looking at Australia's roster, um, they have um, like. Josh Giddy, for example, mm -hmm. uh, Joe Ingles, Josh Green, Patty Mills, Matisse Thybul. So they have a solid roster for sure. Um, it's definitely one that, um, you know, can at least contend, give a good game to the U.S. But overall, the U.S., you know, should be the favorites, and they are. So we'll just have to see because, again, once you get to that, the knockout rounds, I mean, it's a one game, you know. So if you right. if you have a bad, bad game, you have bad shooting night from some of your players, then, you, I mean, you can lose. So, yeah, yeah, we'll have to see. 100%. All right, we'll move along here to our main segment of the day. We're continuing through the NFL divisions. Um, well, you're on Division 6, I think? I Yeah, that sounds So we have two more. So. Um, I don't remember the two more that we have. I mean, we definitely have the AFC North. AFC North, uh, NFC West. Okay. I think think that's is that it have we done we did that we did the nfc east last that would week. make sense we have two more weekends till till the season yeah so it makes sense i think we have two more so as, i don't know if you, if you you know if you're an avid listener here you'll know which conference or division excuse me we're talking about we are doing the nfc north today um which we got the vikings packers bears and lions and we were talking about this before the pod driver this is a weird division yeah. It's a wacky, wacky division, but, you know, like we normally do, let's go from best to worst teams from the previous year. Uh, first up we have is the Vikings. Now, here's the thing about the uh, the Vikings. They, last year, way overachieved, way overachieved. Um, and it's not that they were a bad team at all, because they weren't. Um, but last year, they went 13-4. and four. That is an, an, an amazing, amazing record. Um, and ironically... They were in their points, like their plus minus. They were in the minus. Yeah, they minus three. I was just gonna ask you that. I was gonna if you weren't already looking at it. Yeah, they're yeah. minus three. They were minus three. Um, so they they mega overachieved. So I think the the complication for this team is how can you repeat that success? I think that is if I were the Vikings front office, I'd be like, how am I able to repeat this success? That would be my objective. Um, 
because winning 13 games, I was talking about this with uh, my, my dear friend and co-host of the Cinemaniacs, Aaron Weaver. I was talking about this last night with. How do you repeat that type of success? Um, so I think repeating that is building a similar team and building on top of the the structure that you have in place. You know, you have Justin Jefferson, he's a great player. Um, but you lose Dalvin Cook, who has been a staple on the team for a long time. The running backs did not get better. Um, you look at their team as a whole, they had some pretty big losses. Adam Thielen is gone, Patrick Peterson is gone, Dalvin Tomlinson went to the Browns, Eric Hendricks is gone, Irv Smith Jr., previous first round pick, gone. Um, so I think when you look at the Vikings, I I look at their offense and defense, and I think, did this team get better? Looking at this, did this team get better? Now, Adam Thielen got replaced by Jordan Addison, who I personally love. I really like the Jordan Addison pick. I think the offense is going to be fine. To me, the defense took a pretty decent step backwards, losing Dalvin Tomlinson, um, Eric Hendricks, and Patrick Pearson. Those are three staple starters they've had for a while who have been very, very good players. So to me, this Vikings team is destined to do worse. I think there's no way they win 13 games. What is their over-under? I'd imagine their over-under is at 9 or 10. It's 8.5. 8.5? Wow, that's a big, big jump. So I I will actually go over on that. I'll go over on that. I'll say they win 9 games, um, which makes them kind of an average team, which is what I think they are. I think they're kind of in the middle. Um, way overachieving last year, 13 wins, which is, that's a crazy amount of wins for an overachieving team. Normally overachieving teams win 10 or 11. Um, 13 is crazy. That is so many games. So for me, uh, this Vikings team took a pretty big step back. I'm thinking nine wins for them, maybe a second place finish in the division, uh, because this division is very wide open in my opinion. What do you think about the Minnesota Vikings, Trevor? Yeah, so with the Vikings, um, I mean, we already talked about the point differential. To be 13-4 and four and have a minus point differential, I mean, that's pretty crazy. So it's really they, they won a lot of close games. They they got blown out by a couple teams, um, and they, you know, they had that bad point differential. They finished first in division, and the other thing now that comes with that is the first-place schedule. Um, this division, the NFC North, they already are going to be playing the AFC West and the NFC South, which the NFC South obviously isn't too difficult, but the AFC West is pretty pretty tough, obviously. Um, and then the Vikings are playing all first-place teams. So looking at their schedule here, I mean, it looks pretty tough. I went through it, and I got to eight wins for them. I, I had them at eight and nine, um, which I was... Well, I don't know if I was that surprised, because, again, their over-under is eight and a half, so pretty, pretty close to that. But I don't feel great about the Vikings um, just because I, I agree with you that their defense seemingly got worse. And then with their offense, I mean, they lost Dalvin Cook. They lost Adam Thielen. So I think their offense probably got slightly worse. Not not a ton worse. It's going to be pretty similar, but I think it is a little worse, I would say. So it's going to be interesting. Um, even if you look at like some of the... And again, I, I honestly don't know what some of these stats mean, but apparently they were like number three in fumble luck. Don't really know what that means, but um, I'm just reading it here. Um, fumble so luck, it, it, it takes, it's kind of a dumb stat, but basically it takes, when a fumble happens, mm -hmm. <laughs> essentially it looks at where the ball goes when it bounces. Oh, It's kind of dumb. It's about like your luck of like, yeah. they probably almost all their stats in terms of luck, like, uh, like punts where they how they bounce you know if a punt 
has backspin on it and it should have had front spin and you get it at the 25 instead of the 15 like that affects luck and stuff right right uh, penalties like certain amount of penalties on quarterbacks and stuff that affects luck they they led the league or maybe not led the league but they were very high in luck in like all those categories yeah so i'm i'm right around i i'd probably lean the under i'm thinking eight wins um again this division like you said is wide open but I think there's at least one team that, that I would lean toward as being better than them um, that we're going to talk about very soon. So mm-hmm. that's the Vikings. They were a team that, I don't know, they were just a weird team last year. Obviously, there's a lot of a lot of people that um, they love to cherry-pick stats and try to act like Kirk Cousins is this amazing quarterback. Um, I'm, not, I'm not so sure. He's all right, but I, I think at some point we need to really rely on our eyes when we're watching the games and not just only look at stats. And that's what some people seem to do you're, with Kirk Cousins. You're hurting me, Trevor. Um, I, I only look at stats. No <laughs> need for the eye test. So, yeah, but we'll see. I, I think the Vikings ultimately, I, I have them around eight and nine. Let's talk about a team that I think has a lot of hope. Um, and Trevor, we had a bet last year about this team. One of these teams I was on the side of. We had a bet where it was Lions versus Panthers, who wins more games. And I don't know why you thought the Panthers were good, but for whatever reason, you thought the Panthers were good. Um, and they stunk. So uh, the Lions, is uh, they finished in second place last year. The Lions ended up winning nine games. They had a positive record. And to me, the Lions got better. They revamped their secondary, um, and they had two first-round picks, one of which I think was not a good pick. They drafted Jamar Gibbs, who I do like as a player because I don't like drafting running backs that high. They also drafted Jack Campbell and Brian Branch. So next year's secondary will be Brian Branch. They got C.J. Garner-Johnson and Cameron Sutton. Um, So completely revamped. uh, secondary, and they also have a completely revamped backfield. Uh, DeAndre Swift, they they traded to the Eagles, and they let go of uh, Jamal Williams. Both players I really like, but they now have David Montgomery uh, and Jamar Gibbs, um, who I I think will be a very interesting backfield. You get Jamison Williams back this year, or wait, no, he might have gotten suspended for the the gambling. I don't remember. Um, but uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is a budding. Star, I love Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I think, and Jared Goff played really well last year. So I, to me, this Lions team took a step forward. I expect them to make the playoffs, and I think they'll win the division, Trevor. Um, I think this was the perfect time for them to really hit their stride. You have the Bears that are kind of, I don't know, shuffling around. They look okay. The Packers got way worse, um, just objectively way, way worse. You look at the Vikings, who I think um, kind of stayed stagnant. Uh, a little bit, if not getting worse. And I think the Lions are on the up and up. So to me, I really like what the Lions are doing. I'm not a Dan Campbell fan. However, he continues to prove me wrong. Um, so in my opinion, the Lions are going to win this division. What is their over-under? Um, nine and a half. Okay. Nine and a half seems fair for their over-under. I was going to say they win 10 games. I actually thought their over-under would be like eight and a half. And I was going to be like, they'll smash that. I think they'll definitely beat that. But nine and a half is very fair. I think they win 10 games. They win this division. They come in as a four seed. Uh, and they're probably gonna, they are probably probably will have a tough game, wild card game. But they will come in as a four seed, win 10 games. I really like the Lions this year and their potential. Yeah, so the Lions last year went nine and eight. Um, they had a, a differential of plus 26. So 
pretty easily the best in their division. Again, the Vikings were minus three. The Vikings won the division. They had 13 wins, and they actually had the third best point differential in their own division. The Green Bay Packers, who were eight and nine, also had a better point differential than the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was it was minus so, one too. It was minus one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just wanted to point that out. Imagine if the Bears also had a better point differential. Unfortunately, yeah, the, Bears, the Bears did not. Bears were minus one forty. So yeah, the Bears stunk. The Bears did not have a yeah good season. Um, but the Lions, yeah, I mean, I I like the Lions again this season because last season my concern with them. Um, really throughout the majority of the season was just their defense. Like they, th- yeah, they could score, but I was always worried that they were going to give up a ton of points and that was going to be kind of their downfall. And it kind of was. Um, but this season, I mean, getting, you kind of mentioned it already, so I don't have to repeat all the names, but making their second, improving their secondary um, was a key for the Lions. That was kind of their biggest weak point last season. So they did a good job of shoring that up. And, you know, We'll we'll see if Jared Goff can continue to play like he did last year. Um, again, they had a solid offensive line overall. So, I, if that continues, if if we continue to see that playing out for the Lions, then um, I think Jared Goff will be set for success. I mean, right here, I'm looking at the Lions' uh, positional unit rankings. It has their offensive line ranked number two. So, if it is indeed number two. Um, you know, again, or yeah, if it's indeed number two, then Jared Goff will be set up for success. And I would imagine he'll have another pretty good season. So I like the Lions to win this division as well. Um, on the over under nine and a half, I, I think, I think that's the perfect number. I have them at right. I think, I guess I'll lean under, I'll have them going nine and eight again, but in this division, I think that's enough to win it. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, I think nine and a half is a really fair number for them. I, I think. Vegas got it right there. Um, all right, next up, third place was the Green Bay Packers, who took a great tumble from the top, um, you know, having Aaron Rodgers, um, and now they don't have Aaron Rodgers. It is the Jordan Love era. Uh, unfortunately for them, they're going to be in the position the Browns will be in in about two years, um, since Aaron Rodgers is still on payroll forever, it appears like. Um, when I say forever, it's just this year. They couldn't really do anything in free agency. They had to rely on the draft, and they did have a lot of picks, but in my opinion, they didn't do a uh, whole hell of a lot with them. Um, drafting Jaden Reed, Michigan State player, you just shouldn't draft Michigan State players. I think that's like the rule of thumb. Um, but it negates out. They did a good thing. They drafted Carl Books from Bowling Green. So yeah. they, they did get a win in that category. Uh, Lucas Van Ness was the DN they drafted in the first round. I don't like Lucas Van Ness personally. Um, he was not my favorite prospect. I think that was a good trade down opportunity. Um, so I I don't love that at thirteen. To me, the Packers just got worse. They took a, their MVP caliber quarterback and traded him away, uh, and they don't have him anymore. So it's the Jordan Love time uh, in in Green Bay. Um, what is their over under? I'm very interested in this. Their over under is seven and a half. That seems that seems really high. I, I don't see them winning eight games. I that's that's just insane to me. This is definitely an under. I was gonna guess that they win six. Um so I thought their over under beat six and a half. So seven and a half to me seems very, very high. I don't think this Packers team will be good. Um I think they have a decent potential of finishing last in the division. Um so for me, the Packers not gonna be a good season for them. Uh apologies to you, Packers fans. You've had a rough last six months. 
Yeah, I mean, with the Packers, they were 8-9 last season. They lost Aaron Rodgers. They lost Alan Lazard. Um, they weren't really able to add any key free agents. Again, they had, like Brandon said, they had a lot of draft picks, but like, I don't know, are any of these guys going to make an impact right away? I'm not, I'm not really sure about that. Um, so for them to have eight wins last year and their over under be seven and a half, I don't totally understand that. I feel like it should be lower. Um, I have them around also, I mean, six and 11 is what I wrote down on my piece of paper when I was going through the schedule. So I hate to, uh, agree with Brandon, but that's, why the, do you hate to agree uh, with that's me? That's what I, that's what I wrote down what's, about what's an hour ago when what's, I was preparing. What's the hate to agree with me? What's that about? I don't know. Just Ben just would agree with boring. me. No, he wouldn't. Yeah, he would. He always does. He would, he would disagree with you on purpose. No, no, he would agree with me. But anyway, Ben yeah. knows how smart I am. And he would just be like, Brandon's probably right. No. And would, here's the thing. He since Ben's not, not here, that. I'm just speaking for him and he would disagree with what i'm saying because he has no choice he would not he would say um, you're such a tall man brandon i just have to agree with you that's what he would say yeah so i, I would say about six wins I, I think they're gonna be the worst team in the division i mean i don't know Jor- jordan love is it's kind of weird to me this whole jordan love thing people are ushering him in it's like oh it's the jordan love era as if it's like for me i guess my perception of what other people are saying is that jordan loves like he's the new franchise guy and he's like supposed to be good. Like he might be like, he might be terrible. And I, frankly, I think there's a better chance he's going to be terrible than semi-decent to be yeah, honest with I you. I mean, but like, this is, this is what people say. Like, I don't think yeah. it's a pe- specific it's Packers. Like, wasn't he like a thing. fourth or fifth round quarter? He was like, like, wasn't he like, like 10th overall. He was drafted 10th overall. Yeah. He was, he was wait, a first what? round pick. Yeah. Wait, the Packers drafted him 10th overall? Yeah. With Rodgers there. Wait, wait, I think you're... No, there's yeah, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was drafted very high. There's no way they drafted him Let in the first make, round when they had Aaron Rodgers. He was the 20th pick. 20... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, in the care. 2020 draft. Jeez. The, they did the oh same my. thing with Rodgers. Rodgers was like the 26th pick when Favre was there. They did gosh. the exact same thing. This is... Uh, I don't know. This is atrocious. This is just... For, for I have I I don't really have that, really any evidence because we barely have seen Jordan play. Jordan Love play. I think he's going to be terrible. Here's I'm just... The, I, I sorry, sorry, Jordan Love. I think you're are you not a gonna Rogers be good. fan now? What's going on here? You sound no, like Aaron Rodgers. It's just like there's this whole like, oh, Jordan Love. Like it's like he's like <laughs> this is what every team. It's does. like he's like uh, Andrew Luck. Like no, he's Jordan Love. Like so, what are you I, talking about? I actually like Jordan Love. Or like, I don't mind him. Here's the issue with Jordan Love: is it actually has nothing to do with him. The Packers just hate putting talent around their quarterback. They drafted Jordan Love when the Packers won like 11 games and made like an NFC Championship. Mm-hmm. And, and that was what they used their first round pick on. Not a receiver, yeah. not a tight end that year, not any lineman. They drafted stupid. Jordan Love. It was dumb. So not that Jordan Love himself is bad or that he was a bad pick, but the Packers made dumb decisions then, and they will probably continue to make dumb decisions as I do not think they are a great organization. Yeah. Um, I think they got very lucky with Aaron Rodgers, and here we are. But let's get to the final team, Trevor, the Chicago Bears. The Bears last year won three games. They stunk. Um, but we saw Justin Fields come into himself. They had the most amount of money in free agency this year, and boy, did they spend. We they had DJ Moore, they got Nate Davis, Robert Tunyon, Terrell Edmund or Termaine Edmonds, excuse me, TJ Edwards, and Dante Foreman. They did lose Riley Reef. That's a big loss on the line. Uh, David Montgomery. Um, it, it to me, it doesn't appear like that they are that concerned about the running back position. Um, I don't really understand why. Um, so I don't know really what's going on there. Who did they sign at running back? I definitely forgot. Uh, Deontay Foreman. No, no, they signed someone else. He's slated as their starting running back right now. In this, in what I'm looking at, he's apparently going to be their starting running back. Deontay Foreman. I'd be, I'm, I'm surprised by that. I feel, did they didn't get anyone else? 
Um, they drafted uh, a kid from Texas, Rashawn Johnson, in the fourth round. Um, yeah, it seems like they have Khalil Herbert and Dante Foreman. I don't know why they didn't do more at the running back position. They did get DJ Moore. That was, I guess, last year, kind of. Um, so, you know, the O-line got a little better. That's good. They definitely upgraded on the defense. But this team still isn't there for me. Uh, this feels like a firm third-place finish. Um, I'd also say like six, seven games out of them. I do think they'll improve. Three is not a lot. I think Fields getting in, you know, he'll, he got more help this year. So I, I think, uh, you know, Cole Komet got re-signed, which is good for them. Um, the Bears have done some really dumb decisions on the offense. They traded Raquan Smith last year, the Ravens. Raquan Smith is invaluable. I would never trade him. I don't care where I am in my rebuilding process. Raquan Smith is insanely good. They traded away Khalil Herbert, or not Khalil Herbert, excuse me, Khalil Mack a couple years ago. Um, don't understand the the Bears front office with those two franchise-level guys. So to me, this Bears team, it is an improvement, but it's not much of an improvement. Um, I got them, you know, five, six, seven wins. Um, I do think they'll beat out the the, the Packers. Um, because I think the Packers really, really stink, but it'll be a competition for the bottom between these two. What is their over under? Uh, seven and a half is their over under. I mean, that also seems high to me. I, I'll go, I'll go under. I'll say six, uh, wins. I don't know what I said for the Packers. I probably said six as well. Mm-hmm. Um, those two teams are close. I, I think the Bears are on the up, which it's up from the bottom, so it's not like a great, you know, statement for them. And the Packers are on the low. Um, I could see them winning seven games, but that feels like an overachieve a little bit for the Bears, maybe a slight overachieve. We'll see. This will be, have to be a big season from Justin Fields. He's got to show some real improvement um, and continue progressing, I should say. I like Justin Fields. You know I love Justin Fields, so we'll have to see. What do you think about the Chicago Bears? You're, you're, you, you left this city, Trevor, and they're getting better, so maybe you were the issue. <laughs> I don't know. They they were bad before I got there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's probably a couple Bears fans listening to this. Um, I it's weird because the Bears when when the season started last year, I thought they had a lot of flashes of good play. Um, particularly not not even necessarily in their wins, more so actually in their losses. Um, obviously they had a big win against my Patriots, um, which they looked really good in that game. But they had a couple other games where their offense in particular, Justin Fields in particular, looked good. They had a they had a game against the Miami Dolphins um, in early November where they lost 35 to 32. And I thought Fields was really good in that game. The, the following week they played Detroit. They lost by a point. It seemed like they had the win and Detroit kind of stole it from them late. Um, but Fields was really good in that game as well. Um, they had a field goal loss to Atlanta. Um, and then near that in the season, the wheels kind of just, I mean, they just kind of got blown out a few games, but again, I, I kind of got the sense that the bears were really trying to tank for that number one pick. Um, it seemed like it was a real big tank tank mode for the bears. So yes, they were three thirteen. I think three thirteen one or th- whatever they were. I don't remember. Um, what does this say? Um, they were three and 14, three and 14. Yeah. They were three and fourteen. Um, were they actually as bad as the record said? I don't really think so. Um, to be honest, and I do think they improved in the off season. Um, and just by very nature of Justin Fields getting more experience, more playing time. Um, obviously DJ Moore getting a full off season to play with DJ Moore and prepare 
for this team. I, I like what how the offense is set up. Now, the defense had a lot of concerns um, late last season. Well, really, throughout most of, most of the season, but especially as we got later in the season, giving up big points to teams like Buffalo, 35. Detroit, they give up 41 in the second-to-last game of the season. Um, so I'm still pretty concerned about their defense. Overall, um, the way I look at the Bears is, for some reason, I, I always am a little more optimistic than maybe the consensus. It Maybe it's part of, I just really want them to do well. I, I want to see the Bears um, do well. I want to see their fans get to see uh, the Bears back in a playoff game. So I actually have the Bears um, hitting their over um, of 7.5. I think the Bears can get 8 wins. And that might sound a little wild, um, but I was going through their schedule and it doesn't seem too bad. Again, they were they finished in last place, so they have the last place schedule. Yes, they have to go through the AFC West, but I was looking at the schedule and I, I came up with eight wins. So I think the Bears are capable of it. And I think Justin Fields, this this may be the year where he really takes that leap. Even if the defense struggles, and I think the defense kind of will struggle, I think we might see a little bit of a leap here for Justin Fields that we've been waiting for um, this season. So I'm I'm excited to watch the Bears, and I think they can get eight wins. I really do. We'll have to wait and see. That seems like a very large, that seems like a major overachieve. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, anything else you'd like to add here, Trevor, before we wrap up the pod for today? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. This is a really interesting dis- division because it feels very wide open. It's very um, weird. I mean, I I, th- I think there's a world where all four of these teams can actually win the division. Um, obviously, I, I think the Lions will win. But if you told me the Bears won this division, I don't think I'd be shocked. What what in the who in the Bears I don't think team? I'd be shocked. Who what part of the Bears are you like? They're gonna gain five six wins this year. Justin Fields, their wide receivers. They have they, their, their wide receiver. Line their is wide receiver core is not even that good. DJ Moore is really solid. Darnell yeah. Mooney is really solid. But both those guys aren't even like top fifteen I, receivers. I've been a I've been a Cole Komet believer since he was playing in the Notre Dame he's, uniform. He's probably their best offensive weapon in my opinion. I like Cole Komet. So I don't. Th- I think their offense rank would rank like even this year. It'd still rank in like the mid tier. Like it's like probably like. 15 to 18th best offense. I think their offense is going to be above average this year. I really do. Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. I think I it's going to be above you average. Have a, you know, can we make a, we should make a bet someone against Bears wins <laughs> like we did last year. I'll just beat you again. Oh, man. I don't, I mean, the Bears, they definitely got better, but they, they won three games last year. They, they, they're yeah. not much better. I think they are going to be. Their defense is a lot better. I don't think their offense got a whole lot better. They were tanking last year. I think they're going to try to win this year. Mm. I don't know. They're going to try to win games. We'll have to see. All right. Well, I think we're at the pod there today. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week, of course, next Sunday um, with another podcast episode of the Small Baller Podcast. We will be back Friday. Um, yeah. Friday night with the 5 Seconds of Fame podcast recapping everything that happened in Big Brother Week this week. Um, don't think we're doing a Cinemaniacs this week. Uh, and I'm also unsure about the 12th row podcast this week. But go check out our website, thesmallballers.com. Stay up to date with all the podcasts when they go live. Um, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.